Uh, coming back to this country, um, education was made compulsory, which you think, well, that, that's, that's a great thing, no problem with that. Well, of course, it, it wasn't such a great thing for a lot of parents because their kids went out to work and their kids earned money. And so the whole issue about poverty, children as workers, became a very fundamental issue. Uh, and, and also there's an assumption that the schools were free, which they weren't. So very poor people were still having to pay school fees. There were very low fees, of course, but nonetheless they had to... Uh, pay fees for their children to attend school. So there was an awful lot of tension, an awful lot of friction in terms of kids uh, going to school. In terms of the urban context, um, I don't know whether you can spot any around here, but I'm sure one could. Um, there were these very, very large buildings that were set in the middle of very dense, uh, poor areas of certainly London. And their urban context was absolutely crucial. Uh, they were catering for large numbers of children as well. Uh, so the illustration here, um, which, which is contemporary, uh, is, relates to the school board men. So the education boards had to employ people to go out and drag the kids off the street and catch them when they were trying to get away because their parents wanted them to go to work or because maybe they just didn't want to go to school. Um, and so... Uh, the structure, well, we've just got one or two little, little images here. Th this is um, a school board meeting where the parents are being hauled in because their children aren't attending school. So there was that sort of background. I don't think it was a comfortable time in any way at all, but it was a fairly radical time in terms of what the school boards were trying to do. Uh, so just getting on to the English system, and apologies for skidding through this so quickly. It's fairly superficial. But this diagram here is quite important. That is what we call a London board school. Uh, and, but it's, it's predicated on the English system, and the English system was that the teachers, proper teachers, were paid quite a lot of money relative to other countries. Uh, but what the teachers used were what they called pupil teachers. And so there were young people uh, from the age of 12 upwards, sometimes even younger, who were used to teach the children. So the, the, the first principle is that there was five years of compulsory education and it was going from five to ten. So there wasn't any secondary education as such unless you were paying for it privately. Uh, and some of the older pupils were trained, so it was an in-training, uh, an in-workplace training for those kids. So you had a relatively few number of teachers, but you had a lot of, let's call them, learning support assistants because that's the way things are working uh, in this country at the moment, though the numbers are quite different. Um, learning by rote was pretty standard, so everybody had to recite. Uh, the, it was five hours a day, there wasn't any lunch, and so you didn't have dining or any of those sorts of facilities. Uh, the group sizes varied from about 40 up to 200. Uh, quite interesting. And so the plan is, is very straightforward. Uh, it's a diagram, but it's also a plan, and a lot of the schools are built like this. And so there's a central space, which is called the schoolroom, and then there are separate spaces, which are called classrooms. Uh, the classrooms were for specific subjects where there would tend to be one teacher. The schoolrooms, you might have four teachers teaching at the same time with 200 children in there, uh, teaching different things by rote. And so some of the social workers at the time going round some of these schools, they were absolutely chaotic. And as you can imagine, that sort of space would be. But this was their pedagogy. This was the way, the way they felt things should work uh, at the time. So uh, that's um, a small schoolroom, and you can see the sorts of numbers of kids that are involved. Uh, sometimes they had screens along the American system that, that came between them. Sometimes they had curtains just that, that, that pulled between them to try and give them some sort of separation. But the two women here might be teaching completely different subjects, and all the kids, as I say, are, are, are subscribing by rote. 
Um, segregation, there was a very standard pattern, which is why they're called the triple-deckers. So the infants, which were mixed, boys and girls, would take the ground floor. Uh, their entrance would be the same as the girls' entrance because the girls would bring the smaller children to the school. The girls would be on the first floor and then the boys would be on the top floor and never shall they mix. So the boys' playground was one side, the girls' playground was the, was the other side. Um, in some of the spaces, rather than having desking, they had these sort of gallery arrangements in order to pack the numbers in, and that was particularly relevant at the, at the infants' stage. But getting together as a whole school, or, or rather the boys all getting together, the girls all getting together, the infants all getting together, was absolutely central to the English philosophy at that particular time. This is allegedly Queen Victoria visiting a school. Now that, it hasn't got any furniture, but that is the schoolroom. That's the school just up the road there. That is the schoolroom as it is today. Desking, great photo you had, I'm going to borrow that one. Uh, but furniture was absolutely central to the way that teaching and learning took place. So there were a lot of studies done in terms of the appropriate furniture. So the twin desking with the slate board, etc., was all part of the regime. Uh, on the right-hand side here, at the word lift, the edge of the flap should be grasped. At the word desk, the flap should be raised quickly but without noise and the hand dropped. So you know, the furniture and behavior was all wrapped in as, 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 as one approach. But also quite interestingly, uh, and certainly towards the end of the century, um, the pedagogy was beginning to break down a little bit. Uh, and a lot of schools were now finding that the classroom, the one teacher, one class method was better. And a lot of the schools were expanding at each end in order to increase the number of classrooms. The other thing they felt that was more appropriate was what we would now call vocational learning. And so uh, the 1890s or so, the schools tended to have workshops for boys. And they tended to have a house on the side, which is for domestic matters, uh, for the girls. 